Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. you from the Brown and Cooper Studios on another live and local Saturday right here on 610 Sports Radio. Uno Cero, Julio Sanchez, and myself, Jillian Carroll. We are now talking Drew Locke. He is coming with his Broncos tomorrow. We'll be at Arrowhead to take on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. He is returning to Kansas City as he had a pretty successful come up, I would say. Um... I know that this is a tough subject for Mr. Jay Binkley, right? Oh, yeah. He's, he's been heard. torn about this all <laughs> week long. Because, like, Drew Locke, he's been a fan of Drew Locke since he was a Lee Summit Tiger. Which is cool because Binkley put, goes hard for high school football Loves in Kansas, Missouri, Kansas City. Love that. What? How cool for him to now see this kid who he's covered since he was, what, 15, 16 years old? Yeah, about that age. Coming right? to, say, to play professionally. Now, it's hard because it's against our Chiefs. However, I remember a few months ago that we did an entire segment on Kansas City athletes, Kansas City high school athletes now in the pros. So we could just add Drew Locke to that list when we do our next one. <laughs> in the next one. Um, no, but I, th- I mean, I think he's going to bring a lot. I think that this is not something to take lightly. Um, but obviously in his third game, already doing pretty well. Pretty good stats two games in. Two games in. He's got... Uh... Just over 400 passing yards in his two games, 443, five touchdowns, two picks, 72.7% completion percentage. So he's uh, he's performing pretty well thus far uh, as a as a rookie stepping in for a team that really isn't not that good. He, they do have some weapons around him. Cortland Sutton has turned into a really good receiver, and he does have a good running back in Phillip Lindsay. And Noah Fant, his tight end, starting to come in a little bit. He's also a rookie as well. But... He's he is in a in a interesting situation because I don't think he has a very good coach in Vic Fangio. I don't think really? I don't think Fangio's very good. He's he got a I mean he got a his first head coaching job at like sixty three years old. You're not a good coach <laughs> if you get your first head coaching job at sixty three <laughs> and you've been coaching for like twenty, thirty years. You're not very good at your at your Maybe job the man if it takes didn't you that long. No, he wanted to be a head coach. <laughs> Well, you, well, you've been Way in the game positive, that long. Yeah. You want to be a head coach. Give the old man the benefit be of the positive. doubt here. <laughs> no, no, he ain't that good. Drew Locke just might save his job because Drew Locke has been has been really good in his first uh, in his first couple games. Drew Locke could save his job because if, if he had to rely on Drew and uh, on Joe Flacco to be his starting quarterback, he might have been done after this season. Well, I don't understand why they hired right with with the way the game is played nowadays, being so offensive minded. Why I know they're trying to go against the grain, right, and hire a defensive coach, but if you don't have an established quarterback, I I don't see the benefit of that it's when you're trying to draft and and fill that position, right? You want yeah. an offensive mind, you want to put you him in, have to in the best that. position to succeed, yeah. and to hire a defensive coach, right? You're not. I, I feel like Drew Locke is is at a disadvantage 
because he doesn't have that great mind to help him out. Well, let's be honest here. John Elway is not the best of the general managers. <laughs> like, he did a great <laughs> job of getting Peyton Manning to go play there, and he did a good job of building a great defense there. But since then, he has not been the best of the general managers. He has uh, struggled to find a quarterback to replace one Peyton Manning, though he might have found one here in Drew Locke. We'll see. Big shoes over to fill. The, big, big shoes to fill. Um, and he has not done a good job of putting talent around the quarterbacks that he – I mean, he tried to invest over $70 million in Brock Osweiler. The Brock Osweiler that no <laughs> longer plays football. I he, forgot about that. No long, yeah, I know. I yeah, because it's like, oh, my God, I can't <laughs> oh, believe yeah. he almost did that. L- luckily <laughs> for him, the Houston Texans decided they wanted to pay him $72 million. They're idiots, yeah. They're idiots. And they wanted to pay him $72 million to come fail for them at quarterback. Like, that. That's it's amazing how, how much he was very, very close to – to having the wrong guy at his quarterback spot. And the defense is not what it used to be, and they've struggled to to try and replace the team that won a Super Bowl back in 2015. So um, he certainly has not been the best of the general managers. But Drew Locke is just – he just might be that answer for them in that quarterback spot. And he has been asked a lot of questions this week about the fact that he is coming home, about the fact that he is a uh, – he, he has been a Chiefs fan in his life and so for him this is very difficult uh a very difficult task having to play against your hometown team in front of your family and your friends here is um here is drew Locke talking about the uh people making a big deal out of him playing against his hometown team oh i think um we'll all make a little too much of it um it's just another football game gotta prep like i did the first two weeks and just be ready to go and here he is talking about how passionate, like how much it means to him to be able to play his hometown team. Oh yeah, no, it's it's a cool it's a cool thought. Um, you know, especially that you know you went to Mizzou and you stayed at home during college too, and this is my first time out, and then going to a team in the division. I think that's pretty cool to be able to have the opportunity just to go home and play against the Chiefs and you know be in front of some of your friends and family. Which has to be really hard to like for you to have to play your favorite team growing up. As I mean, a, I think player? it's got to be the coolest. But to me also, though, once that game's, you know, once a whistle blows, the it's game time. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not like, oh, my mom's over there, my <laughs> high school boyfriend's over there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a game. Yeah. I think, honestly, more for players like this in this situation, it's the lead up. So I think it's mm-hmm. all these people prior to getting in his head. And he's young. We know this. But he seems to be handling it well. He doesn't – He there's <laughs> – there's not, I mean, there's going to be some immaturity and we're going to see that, but he seems to be kind of deflecting it is what I've seen. Yeah, and, and Drew Locke talked about um, how much of a Chiefs fan he was when yeah, he was a kid. Yeah, pretty passionate is how he put yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Here's him talking about that passion he had as a Chiefs fan. I'd say I was pretty passionate. I think one of the, well, fond memories of two of them, uh, the Colts in the playoffs with Peyton, and then it's funny, uh, Joe at Kansas City, the year they went on and did their thing so it's, it's funny you know i ended up here peyton played here and now i ended up here with joe um it's kind of crazy i think those two were the two of the biggest games i remember there and now it's you know, i'm kind of tightly knit with them now and just based off of this audio here some i'm hearing some people out here and i've heard some people on this radio station here this week talk about how they'll be rooting for one drew lock <laughs> i for one as a chiefs fan think it's completely and utterly unacceptable to root for Drew Locke on Sunday. 
I if you want to root for him when he when he played Why? against Houston last week, sure. I think it's unacceptable to root for the opposing quarterback. I don't care where he's from. I don't care if Drew if Drew Locke was my best friend, I would root against him tomorrow afternoon as he played the Kansas City Chiefs. I do not think as much as it's cool that there is a, a NFL starting quarterback from our city, mm-hmm. I ain't rooting for him if he's playing for the team opposite the Chiefs on Sunday. Here's my just thing. not that's just not how I roll. Such a hater. I want him to I'm not hating. I'm just being a, a real good Chiefs fan. I'm I'm gonna be a good Kansas Cityan and I want him to do well. Like I want him to do well and eventually do good things. I don't NFL. want him to win the Super Bowl. I do not want I us to Broncos. lose to him. I want the Chiefs to beat him. I believe in Patrick Mahomes and what we are. I don't believe in this drop off after the Patriots game. I believe this will be a very good showing for the Chiefs tomorrow. But I don't want Drew Locke to come out and lay an egg. Like I want him to come out and do good things for him and continue to develop. I just want us to win. Yeah, that, those two <laughs> feelings aren't mutually exclusive. No, I mean, no. you can you can. Wish that he hope that he has a good game against the Chiefs, but still want the Chiefs to win. I don't want That's him to okay. have a good game against the Chiefs. That's okay. I don't want I don't want there to be any shadow of a doubt as to who is better between the two teams. I I want him to have a bad game. Like he can have good games Such every other time of the year. Team. He can have a good. He can like next week whoever the hell they play. He can have a good game against them. I don't want him to have a good game tomorrow at all. Hundred eighty yards, three picks, maybe one touchdown. So we can so like his family can cheer for him when he makes that one touchdown pass. I do not want him to do well tomorrow. Just I can't root for him. All right. Are you with Uno Cero or are you not with Uno Cero? Are you against Drew Locke simply because he's playing the Chiefs or do you support him because he's from KC? We want to know. Chime in on the text line. We've got more coming up next. Overtime continues, and before we get to web hits with our dude, Julio Sanchez, we missed a phone call, and we feel badly about it, so calls back if you want to chime back in. But I do have to, t- to highlight the text line because Chris does not want to cheer for Drew Locke at all. However, the text line is taking my side. So, from the A-win six, I hope Drew Locke throws for a touchdown at the beginning of the game, but after that, Chiefs. Yep. Defense, mm-hmm. shut him down, and sacks him yep. nine times. I don't, I don't like the first part of that sentence, <laughs> but I like the rest of it. Defense shuts him down, sacks him nine times, two pick sixes. That sounds like a great day to me. Another from the 816, I will only root for Locke to beat uh, Oakland and Vegas and L.A. twice a year. So, again. Like, only- if it becomes like the Phillip Rivers 2.0 in the division, I'll be, I'll be all right with that. Like, as long as he's not winning the division, as long as he's not winning the Super Bowl, like, Philip no Rivers never will. No one's saying that. Will. We're just saying, like, you don't have to. I just don't want to. I'm not rooting for that guy. Just not rooting. He's, he's with the Broncos. So extreme. If he was, like, if he was, yeah. like, in North, if he was with the Panthers, I'd be cool with that. You know? Okay. I, I, I kinda... If he was with the Panthers, yeah. Like, if he was with Miami, you know, like, well, maybe not Miami because, like, he'd be in the way of the Chiefs as far as getting to the Super Bowl. But, like, if he was in the NFC. Like yeah, I don't, I don't. But then he'd be in the way fun. of them winning a Super Bowl. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, but they'd be, be in the Super matchup. Bowl. Like, they'd be in the be Super Bowl. Who would so, you like, take in that? What? Clearly the Chiefs. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, cool that he's still putting Kansas City on the map, and it's still a cool thing for us. However, when he's here, we're voting for the Chiefs. Yeah, I just and I and I, I'm not gonna like judge his family or his friends for rooting clearly, for him because that's yeah. you know that's there's relationships in that. I just don't think like if you have no connection to Drew Lock, don't root for that guy. <laughs> he's a Broncos quarterback. Like, I'm just not going to – I'm not going to be happy for the Broncos quarterback. I don't care where he's from. All right, moving on. 
It's time for our dude, Julio Sanchez, to do his thing. Julio's Web Hits. Orlando Skandrick. Oh, back here we go. News. The guy that I go. killed last week on Dead to Me. Who, yes, if you tuned in last week, he was uh, Chris's uh, he's dead, dead and buried. to me. Uh, but he's back in the news as he continues to trash his former teams and teammates. If you remember, he took some uh, took some shots at the Eagles and their defensive personnel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he took some shots at the Chiefs uh, in last year's playoff game against the Pats. And now he has a few thoughts on one Baker Mayfield. What do you make of Baker calling out the medical staff? That's Baker, though. He calls out Miles Garrett, who's, you know, one of the best players on our team, after he hits the guy with the helmet when he could have taken the high road and just said, you know, that's an unfortunate situation. Um, we support Miles. What's unfortunate for Mason? And then he just moved on. But instead, he always puts himself in the middle. And, and Baker is like a joke, man. He, <laughs> this guy has so much confidence and arrogance to have done nothing. Orlando Skandrick said that? I don't know how players see him, but I mean, at the rate that he's going, I don't, I don't see how Baker's going to play eight, nine, ten years. He's an interception machine. He doesn't do anything but rub people the wrong way. And once the investment starts to become Expensive. more than the return, <laughs> then what happens? That's a very good point. Wow. Your thoughts on that? Orlando Skandrick said he has a lot of confidence for, for not having done anything at the NFL level. What's Skandrick done lately? What has he done, Period. Like, was he ever a great corner in the NFL? No. 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 He spent he, a lot of years in Dallas. Serviceable. At he was, and he was like their, I think he was their nickel back there. Then he goes to, uh, then he then he comes to Kansas City and is was probably the worst corner that we had all of last season. Just embarrassing. He embarrassed he us embarrassed. every time he was out there on the field. It's just like, why did you bring this guy in? And then this year, he didn't even make it through the season with Philadelphia before they cut his ass. And then he was talking trash about the secondary there. And then the Eagles tweeted out a video of him trying to trying to pump up one Malcolm Jenkins and talking about how he respects him and loves him so much <laughs> before he got cut. Like, come on now. Like, Orlando Skandrick, this is the reason why I killed him last week in Dead to Me. Because <laughs> he is trying to be a hot take guy in, in our medium here in, in the in the sports radio and, and and the sports media industry and he's not he's not getting getting off to a good start here and he tried to butter up Colin Coward because he's talking about Baker Mayfield and we know that uh that one Colin Coward does not like one Baker Mayfield because he's he got a beef with him because uh he has too much personality so of course he's gonna go out there and he's gonna have his say I do not like Orlando Skandrick this is the reason why I killed him last week well, speaking of killing individuals, oh, okay. Last week, I had mine as well. Who uh, was back in the news? So, for those of you that tuned in last week, specific individual, uh, one Antonio Brown. Oh no! Well, he's back in the news again. Dude they, can't keep his name off our show. Of course. And, <laughs> Come on. Not for anything positive, right? Surprise, surprise. Uh, he recently recorded and posted on Instagram uh, his latest run-in with local police over a dispute with his baby mama. Hey, listen. You white police gotta stop doing that. You can't be letting these people just come in on my privacy. She don't put to be here. Police don't help nobody, man. They the fucking police. Fucking police about to get justice. They don't help no fucking body. F*** the police. 
And that was off his Instagram? And that was off his Instagram. Why would he post that on social media knowing Are you really he's asking in why? the position that he's in? Are you he, asking why? He needs a job. He's begging for a job. Why would he post that on his social media? This man is clearly not thinking straight. Not stable. There are reports out that up to 20 teams in the NFL would like to sign Antonio Brown. If you're any of those 20 teams and you are seeing that video, are you like, yeah, we need to sign that Wait. guy? This this is the video that puts it over the top for you because I, I, mean, I feel like the, the last but twenty it's just that like, he's put out, whether he's tweeted or yeah. put videos out, but he's really I'm, good. I'm, though. I'm, I'm not. He's I'm really not, good, and a lot of teams can talk themselves into him because of like he's. I mean, the Patriots talked themselves into in, into going out and grabbing him after he got cut by the Raiders, even though they watched that whole saga happen with the Raiders. And look at it now, like they they it, it was reported a few weeks ago before they, they ended up shooting it down, that they wanted to bring him back. Like, there are up, you know reports of up to 20 teams wanting to bring him back up until that video came out. Has to be a lot less now. And at this point now, he needs some sort of mental health because he sounds like he's got some real issues. Where are his friends? Yeah. Where's his family? Someone just <laughs> needs to take his phone at this point. Well, someone just, needs to, like, check him into, like, an institute or something. He room. needs a padded room. help. <laughs> something. Like, he needs What's real serious on? help because he's got something going on to act out this way. Something's got to be wrong with him. There's no way you act like that if you don't have something wrong with you. Yeah, agreed. Uh, this next one, I, I'm actually really interested in getting uh, Jillian's uh, expertise and opinion on here. Oh, here we go. Uh, one Thomas Calloway of Georgia surrendered to authorities yesterday as he was booked for a misdemeanor sexual battery charge. Why am I the expert here? After what? slapping a female reporter's backside <laughs> oh, while running dude. a 5K that race. Guy. Did what you see the you video? Thinking? He was getting ready to, to bring my hands up and wave to wave to the camera um, and to the audience. And uh, there was a misjudge in character and decision-making. Um, I touched her back. I did not know exactly where I touched her. 43-year-old Tommy sure. Calloway is a married father of two. He's a teen church youth minister and a Boy Scout leader. Your thoughts, Jillian? This man represents, unfortunately, uh, I would say many people who think a situation like this is okay. So when anyone, male or female, is working on camera, looking at the camera, right, they're working just like a truck driver is driving a truck, just like a lawyer is pleading a case. They are working. They are looking at the camera. There's Their attention is there. This gets, like, I'm super heated already. This is the absolute worst thing that can happen to anybody in that situation. Specifically in this situation, being a female when it's inappropriate and that is sexual misconduct. Why does that, why does that man think that that's okay? Why does he think that it is okay to, number one, interfere with her her profession? She's working, clearly. Number two, smack her on the butt and in front of all these people and then run away and in such a vulnerable place for her while she has her back to him. She's concentrating on what she's supposed to be doing. This is ridiculous, and unfortunately, it happens every single day, and I would say every single state across the United States. I've never even understood what the ass slap was about for Why? guys. Why? Because, like, like, you know, they do in football, like they do the pat on the butt. Don't, I don't compare it. Those are so different. But that's what I'm saying. Is like, so to different. me, it seemed like he was like trying to be like, yeah, good job. Inappropriate. He it was inappropriate. And I've always crowd. found it uncomfortable when guys did that. So it was like, why would you do that to a reporter doing her job? Like he was trying to be cool and he ended up doing something. A, it was a, a live report. It was. It was a live, live report. report. And on he's, air. 
Why, why would you think that was okay? And he is a father and a husband. He's like, I think he's like involved in his church. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's though, a pastor and is, Boy Scout leader. Yeah. This happens all the time. Yeah. And, and it's like, why would you think that's okay? And obviously, this one is a like sexually driven thing here, but this happens to guys as well when they're reporting. I mean, we've seen it. Guys reporting in the oh, crowds yeah. behind them think it's so them, funny. Though. Don't There's touch just no people. respect for it. And then, again, no. to your point, he thought he was, like, being cool. Thought he was being cool because he's on TV. Yeah, good job. Yeah. Well, he was released on $1,300 bond. He does face a max sentence of up to 12 months behind bars and a $5,000 fine. So she did press charges. Good so for her. Your, yeah. your thoughts on it, on her pressing charges on him? I think she needed to do that not only for her, but for everyone else who experiences Agreed. things like this. Agreed. And I think that I actually did see a lot of people going crazy over this on, oh, on yeah. Twitter, on whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that needs to happen because people like are going to keep doing it until, I mean, obvious. It's the obvious. If there's no consequences, keep doing it. This is ridiculous, though, and I'm glad you brought this up because I was. There heated, are there heated. are a lot of lot of creeps out there that'll like go up to the women who are doing these reports at these sporting events and try to kiss them or hug them or whatnot. That's really really creepy. Like that's they got to stop that sort of behavior. They at these believe events. that no matter who this person is, I mean, I could go on forever on this. I won't. However, I just think the message needs to be sent loud and clear that, I mean, when people are working, no matter if it's male or female, like. Why would you invade their space like that? Yeah. Why would you think that that is okay for you to do? It's you want If you want to dance not. in the background, sure. Don't touch them. That's one thing, too. That still messes up their shop. But yeah. still, this is an invasion of privacy. Have you ever had something like you're on air? Have you had stuff like this happen to you? I have never been touched or inappropriately. Um, my, my bubble has not been broken. If you yeah. will. I, I have had people behind me ruin my shot. Whereas I'm interviewing someone and they think it's funny to dance behind. Yeah. And I can't use that for my resume. Chris is over I here can't. encouraging. <laughs> I do think it's usually is, Chris. I, I can't think that stuff is Surprise, surprise. I'm not going to lie. I do find that stuff funny when someone's like poking their head behind the, the head of another person one of in the my, background. My very first NFL sideline interview was with Christian Okoye. And uh-huh. I'm like stoked about this. I got this great shot. And I look closely and there is a family photobombing us. Like family <laughs> behind us. In that the stands at Arrowhead. And I'm like, come on, yo. But... But that was highly inappropriate, and I think that yeah. the message needs to be sent. So I'm yeah. glad she did that. Yeah, he, he's probably not going to get very – probably get on probation, I would guess, because he's got that resume as a member of the church and a Boy Scout leader. But Even he, more so. How yeah. embarrassing That's even more embarrassing. No, it's, it's really embarrassing wife, to have his, his name children. out there. Yeah, to have his name out there, that's embarrassing. And that, that might be good enough to get him to never do something stupid like that ever again. A lot of people got to do something stupid like that. And I appreciate that we're talking about it and bringing it up, so – Shame on him. Don't yeah. do that. We do have a, a little bit of breaking news here for Julio Uh-oh. right now. Uh-oh. Kansas Jayhawks. You and Casey Kangaroo, 755 left in the first. 1913 in favor of Kansas. Okay. Leads a lead. So you uh are you gonna <laughs> leads a lead. you're gonna have to go out there and get some paper nah. towels to dab your forehead, nah, get that sweat off? Nah. <laughs> All right, coming up next, um, we ask, is it possible that Coach Andy Reid could hold back the Chiefs offense on purpose tomorrow? We want to hear what you think. Coming back. We are talking, okay, of course it's overtime here. It is Uno Cero, Julio Sanchez, Sanchez, Julio Sanchez, the man. 
Way to catch yourself. He gets very particular about the pronunciation. Not to be confused with Julio Sanchez. Yeah. It's two totally different people. He's, the, he's not just completely. He's different. not just Julio Sanchez. He's the Julio the Sanchez. Julio. The Julio Sanchez. Sanchez. Thank you for clarifying, Julie. No problem. And I am Jillian Carroll. And we are talking now, of course, Chiefs Broncos tomorrow. We've talked a little bit about how the cheerleaders will be involved in the My Cause, My Cleats initiative in a very special way this year. We've talked a little bit about Drew Locke coming to Arrowhead to play for the first time. He's probably been there many times, but to play for the first time. And now we want to turn the tables to Big Red. What will Coach Andy Reid do? It is not unheard of to pump the brakes, hold back a little bit, just be very uh, strategic with how much a coach can push their offense in a game. Mm -hmm. Is this going to be a game where we see him intentionally holding back his offense to prepare for the upcoming weeks? Yeah, and not even just that, but like, we got snow coming on the way. And so whenever we get in a situation like this, uh, any head coach is going to think about how is the weather going to impact the game. This offense the last few weeks has not been the high-powered offense that we know that they can be when they when they go out there and they're they're churning on all cylinders. The thing is is ever since the uh the San Diego San Diego game, Los Angeles game when they played down in Mexico City, it seemed like Andy has kind of um, kind of slowed the offense down a little bit and kind of dumbed it down. And he's been running that Alex Smith special with with the way that he's been he's been calling the plays. And like you noticed it in that in that Chargers game where they were really kind of just running the same type of plays because that field was garbage. Mm-hmm. It was trash. And you know you had guys slipping and sliding like they were playing in the snow. Even though it was a supposedly a you know a top of the line field according to like the NFL's uh, inspectors for these fields, and so you could tell he was kind of dumbing down the offense. The especially against the second half against the Raiders, kind of dumbing down the offense. You know, ran a lot of shorter routes, ran the ball a whole lot there. I think he they had a driver they gave Darwin Thompson ten carries, and they burned like over ten minutes a clock. And then against the Patriots, first half their offense is really going. They, they drop 20 points. Second half, you score three points, and your offense slows down a whole hell of a lot. Right. So the question is, is Andy Reid intentionally slowing down this offense so as to, A, not give away a whole lot of his strategy, and, B, so as to preserve his players because he's had injury issues all year long with Mahomes, with the offensive line, with some of his receivers, Running back, his running back situation has not been good because you've got Damian Hurt. Daryl Williams is done for the year now. So now you're relying on Darwin. You just had to bring in Spencer Ware off the streets because (laughs) you were hurting at your running back position. You need somebody who could run block. Like they are, they've been hurt all year long, especially Mahomes because, you know, now he's got the hand injury, though supposedly that's fine now. He's a full participant all week in practice. But it's not crazy to think that. Andy would try and dumb down the offense some the rest of the of the year because he's not playing any prolific offenses at all the rest of the year. Like uh, the, the Chargers' offense can't get out of their own way, and they've got some good playmakers, but their their offense is not is not the consistent monster they were last year. And you're playing Mitchell Trubisky next week, and Trubisky he's been better recently, but he hasn't been good all year long. And obviously, you're playing Drew Locke, and you don't know what Drew Locke is. First couple games has been pretty good. But you don't know if Drew Locke is going to be a long-term solution at that quarterback spot. And so, realistically, we could see them pull off the Alex Smith offense for the next three weeks, let these guys stay healthy, and on top of that, 
do their part to make sure that they're not giving away too much for their potential opponents come playoff time. I think it for me, and this is just my opinion on on Andy adjusting his coaching style and the and the way he manages the offense. Uh, just just from learning experiences from last year, right, and the positions that he put the defense, right, pedal to the metal 100% of the time, yeah. putting as many points as he can up, as fast as he can. I think he's just reeling it back in and realizing, you know, you put you, you do a disservice to your defense when when you score when you do score that fast, right? You don't have a great defense as it is, and as you continue to put them on the field, right, you you lose the time of possession, which I think is is important for for this Chiefs team. Uh, and you put your defense again in a bad position. So when you kind of control the ball a little bit more, control the flow of the offense a little bit more, you you put Patrick Mahomes, I think, in a little bit better of a, of a spot as far as you know, running the ball a little bit more. Uh, I think it's just his adjustments with his game plans overall right now. I would I would agree with that, but like, and and certainly the defensive point is a good point to make because. Certainly, I do think some of that has to deal with the fact that they might be a little worried about continuously running the offense up and down the field real quick, and the defense has to be right back out there. Right. You That's certainly something. That. Yeah. But at the same time, I also think that you also kind of put more pressure on the defense, too, because your offense is not scoring as much. And this offense hasn't really shown that they are great at continuously sustaining those long drives. We've seen it recently. They've struggled to stay on the field at times. It's been hit and miss. Yeah, they've had a lot of three and outs. They've had a lot of drives that have stalled. Some of that is just shooting themselves in the foot because of penalties and whatnot. But still, a lot of it is they're just not executing very well. Something that Mahomes has talked about a lot. Is they're, not just, they're just not executing. And I think you would do your defense a, a much better service if you were scoring at will. Because then it takes the pressure off of them to have to do what they had to do at the end of that Patriots game last week where they have to stop them at the goal line. Otherwise, you put, you know it's, it, it could go to overtime, or if they get two, they win the game. So I think that you, you probably want to dial the offense up a little bit going into the playoffs so at least you know that you could do it. Yeah, I think there's a vote of confidence here. So obviously the best defense is offense, right? So keeping the ball. Yeah. However, do you feel as if, the defense is in need of a little bit of um, trust and pressure almost from Coach Reed. So are they going to need that from him in order to play another game like they did in, in Foxborough? Like, do you think Reed relying on them a little bit more will kind of motivate them to kind of rise to the occasion? I think if they hadn't have caught fire like they have the last month, yeah. I think that that would, they certainly, that it would be something good to do. But like, however, <laughs> however, the issue is, is they've already they're confident right now. You can see it. You watch Tyran Matthew when he's talking about this defense and just the way they play confident out there. Juan Thornhill, you know, he was struggling to tackle a few weeks ago. He's confident now. He had that good big tackle against the, against the Raiders on that fourth and one right. when they tried Ooh. that jet sweep. Oh. Just <laughs> pretty blew it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was beautiful. And like he's starting to feel himself now. These corners are feeling themselves now. Bashad Breeland couldn't catch easy picks at the beginning of this year. And now he's out here swatting those 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 money out routes that the Patriots run to guys like Wes Welker. Those breaking balls. Wes Welker or, or, so yeah, do they, does Julian he need Edelman. to keep that? Does he need to keep that vibe, that energy, that momentum within the, the defense? Oh, yeah. And I, I think that that's going to be on like Steve Spagnola to do that. Because right. he's been very aggressive with the way he's called this defense. And early in the year, they were very conservative, especially against the Colts, especially against the Texans. A whole lot of annoying ass 
third and fours where they would drop seven or eight back into coverage and just rush three or four, and then they would hope that they wouldn't throw underneath to get the first down, and inevitably they would, and they would sustain drives. Now he's dialing up blitzes. He's he's changing how he runs his coverages. I mean, you know, that that interception that um that I think was Breland that had where everyone thought he was running man coverage, but in fact he was actually running cover three is like it's like it's stuff like that where he's fooling even the announcers who are who are <laughs> calling the games because that Tony Romo said that was busted coverage. He just happened to be in the right place. But it was actually a, a good play call there by one uh by one Steve Spagnola. That him being aggressive is what's gonna help this defense a whole hell whole hell of a lot. But you want to create a situation where the defense doesn't feel like they are are backed up in a pressure situation because right. you want them to be confident right now. Mm-hmm. And that kind of concerns me that maybe they could put them in too many pressure situations and then they get to the playoffs and the, the it might be too much for them, you know. Right, and that concerns done there. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they can't afford to, like, have a game where the defense is not confident because they know they have to be great. Yeah. So – We'll see, but I think you want to <laughs> dial the offense up. So anything about the offense that does scare you going into the situation? Obviously, we're near the playoffs. Uh, anything specifically about the offense that is in question for you? The running game. I mean, I think that's probably the – I mean, that that's like the biggest issue. I mean, I think you can look at the line, offensive line, and they, they're not playing as well as they were last year, but injuries, to me, are probably more into that. Mm-hmm. But the running game is a problem. Spencer Ware came, though. Yeah, but Spencer, and Spencer is funny. Spencer actually led the team in carries last week against the uh, against the Patriots. So we'll see if he gets more usage in in this uh, in in tomorrow's game against Denver. But man, that uh, that uh, that running game needs to be at least sufficient when they get to the playoffs because they're probably going to try to play ball control when they get a lead because that's what Andy likes to do. And if you don't have a running back that you can count on to go out there and get you some consistent carries and and you know beat the opposing defense down when you're when you got a lead, it's going to be a problem. All right. Well, going into the game tomorrow, first we want to get you ready. We want to we want to hear what you think about uh, predictions. So of course we'll go around the table here with predictions uh, in order to beat Denver. What are they going to have to do? Stay with us. continues here 610 sports radio live and local saturday uh, before we check out for the day we have to hear what do we think the chiefs are needing to do tomorrow obviously to walk away with a w against denver i think that if i think they're gonna play ball control a lot i think they're gonna be a little conservative offensively because of the weather and because i think at this point now they're just like we're trying to Stay healthy, and we're trying to trying to stay fit before we get to the playoffs. Because the right now the play like right now they are like what the what we see in the NBA when you have these top teams who are getting into like February, and they're just like we don't want our guys to get hurt. We were right. the like the Spurs have done in the past, like what the Cavaliers were doing when when LeBron was there. They we're like we don't want to go out here and go one hundred percent. We want to kind of save ourselves for the playoffs because we know it's going to be a long and tough path. I kind of feel like the Chiefs are doing that right now. So I think 
that this game is not going to be this barn burner like a lot of people think it is. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> if the defense, if they, if it is, I think it's going to be because of the defense. It's going to be because of turnovers, and they're going to get in good field position, and, and they're going to take advantage of it. But I think this is probably going to be an ugly game, and I think much like the uh, the game against the Chargers in Mexico City, yeah. I think it's going to be one where they they kind of are methodical with their play calling, and then they take their time, and eventually they they, they get that win. I think they have to start strong. I think they have to start locked in, dialed in. Um, again, we talked about the potential for a little bit of a letdown after a big emotional mm-hmm. win on the road. Um, but coming back home, I think they have to just be on their A game from the beginning. Um, obviously a young quarterback, so there's potential for some immaturity. Some He's definitely going to be amped playing in front of his hometown crowd, for sure. I'm sure he is. And so... You know, again, mix that with his inexperienced third game, right? So I think the Chiefs need to just do their thing from the beginning. And I think you said, like you said, the defense has to do their thing. Um, No questions asked on that one. Could be a bit of a snowstorm, as we've talked about a couple times now, but managing the game there um, should be something the Chiefs can do. Yeah. And again, we've talked about the high-quality drainage of the field, so hopefully they can combat anything that does happen. Um do you think that what do you, I mean? What do you think? Should they be concerned about the Denver team being pretty confident about their new young quarterback coming in here? I mean, you're not. I don't think you are. You should be concerned about it because they are still the Broncos and they have not been that good all year long. They are coming off a big win in they Houston. Are, that are was my off, next point. Yeah, yeah, they are coming off a big win in Houston. But we see in the NFL a lot a team will go out there and kind of overperform what their talent level is. And we'll also see good teams go out there and underperform what their talent level is. So certainly this could happen here. Could go either way. But at the same time, right now, the Chiefs right now are probably as confident as they – I mean, if anything, they might be more confident than they were going into the season because of the way the defense is playing. Mm -hmm. So if you're in this situation as the Chiefs, you're feeling pretty good about where you are. And at this point, you're like, yeah, we're going to respect them. We're going to play them hard. But we're not going to go out there and show everything. But they definitely are going to show enough to go out there and do what they have to to win because this defense knows that um, things can turn around very quickly for them in a bad way mm-hmm. because it, it, it did early on in the season, and then they've flipped that around, and their fortunes are certainly been much better recently. But you know that all it takes is a couple of bad games going into the playoffs, and the entire fortunes for your team completely change. Right. So <laughs> I think these guys are going to be motivated going into this, into this game a, because it is a divisional matchup, and B, because of how close it is to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and to Jillian's point, you know, had had we looked at the schedule a couple weeks ago, yes, I would have seen this as a potential Blow track out. game. Yeah. Oh, I would have seen it as a potential track really? game. Really? Yeah. But, you know, I think they were put on notice, the Chiefs, this week with, with the Broncos upsetting the Texans. I think that does, you know, they know not to overlook them, not to mention, like you said, Chris, it, it's a divisional game, right? So, I mean, the... All they know off. you. Yeah, they know that it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a slugfest, especially with the, the with you know the potential of the weather. So I, I think they're going to come out, and I think they're going to come out with a purpose of of running the ball and trying to establish the run. I think they're going to change the game plan up a little bit, uh, and it's not going to be as high scoring as I think maybe some of us would like it to be. Um, so some score predictions here. What, what, do, what do you think the score is going to be? Uh, I'm going to go 28, uh, 28, 21. <laughs> oh, Chiefs. 28-21? Oh, wow. I'm what about you, Jillian? 28-10, Chiefs. 28-10. Right. Right. I got a, I got 24-13. to 13. 
Oh. We're all pretty low scoring. I got 24-13. I think oh. the Chiefs will grind it out. I much is going to be similar to that Chargers game, I think. I think the defense is going to play much better than they did in that Chargers game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're going to get some interceptions from the secondary because Drew Locke is young, and they're going to throw some things at him he hasn't seen bring before. The heat. Oh, they are. They're going to bring the heat. They're going to play him the same way they played Flacco oh, back yeah. in back in October when they when they played him the first. Same time. way they played Brady last week. Exactly. They're but going, he's a rookie, so there's going to be those mistakes. Like, oh yeah. He's so young. He's mm-hmm. so immature. So there's going to be those mistakes. Yeah, and he's already we thrown just a couple have to capitalize picks. on them, and that is. Yeah, and that's what I think they're going to do, and I think they're going to kind of try to they're going to run the football a lot. They're going to try to pack it in. And that's the reason why I think that this is going to be it's going to be a little bit of an ugly one, but I do think they'll they'll get it done. We also have uh, more breaking news in the front of Kansas uh, halftime: KU forty three, UMKC twenty four. Can't let it go. It is there, right. There you go. It there is right go. on the edge of being of being a letdown. I think for Kansas fans against UMKC, UMKC has not been that great in their in their conference. You never know. Who knows what we'll see? Maybe we'll see Mahomes running with the hand injury. Maybe we'll see less throwing from him, more running. Who knows? Yeah, hopefully um, not too much, because you know, especially if it's, if there's if there's snow <laughs> and the ice. Live. No, he's like <laughs> if, if there's snow and ice on the field. Right, right, we don't right. want him slipping and falling and like tearing his meniscus or something or no, an ACL. No, we can't. We, they need to like have the Secret Service surrounding him the rest of the season. Like okay, I, I, like we are like hyper analyzing everything he does now because of that. <laughs> Uh, before we go, Dustin Colquitt nominated for the Man of the Year for the Chiefs. Deserves it. Deserves it. He's been nominated before. We got to get this guy to win. Go vote. You can do that yes. online. Please go do that. Dustin Colquitt does so much in the community. Um, thanks for spending your Saturday with us here at Overtime. Thank you. Catch us next week. And, of course, go Chiefs. Overtime with Jillian and Chris, 610 Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.